Well, as we continue, continue on our sermon series through John's Gospel, I want to remind and actually inform those who weren't here last week where we've been. We just completed talking about John 9, where Jesus healed the man born blind. And toward the end of that passage, Jesus was, in fact, talking to the religious leaders. Because in John 8 and John 9, and actually as far back as John 7, he was uh, teaching in the confines of Jerusalem and near the temple. And so he was interacting at times with the religious leaders. He was addressing the disciples and the Jews at large. So he had quite a crowd and at times a very diverse crowd. But oftentimes there would be religious leaders there who were questioning him and challenging him and oftentimes not agreeing with him. And toward the end of John 9, after he healed the man born blind, they questioned him and said, are we blind? And Jesus said, well, if you really saw, you would understand the fact that you think you see and you don't, in a sense. You really are blind. And so, in effect, they were blind guides. And while he was still on that theme and idea, he continues on in this vein of teaching with a very common theme and idea, both in the Old Testament, which you would see image after image throughout the Old Testament, but a common idea and theme in and around the area of Judea and Israel. And that would be a shepherd and sheep. And so Jesus would use this image to talk about himself being a shepherd and also the people being a sheep. And it's interesting because for many of the people, it would go back to in their minds, particularly in the context that he was talking, Ezekiel 34, because he was talking about how they were blind guides. And Ezekiel 34, let me refer to what is said there. It begins with this whole idea of Israel's false shepherds and false prophets. And you will hear these lines, you, sl- you slaughter the fatlings, you do not feed the sheep. You have you've not brought back the strayed, you've not sought the lost, and they have become food for wild animals. These same themes that you find Jesus talking about here. And then later on in Ezekiel 34, the Lord says, I myself will search for my sheep. I will feed them with good pasture. I will be the shepherd of the sheep. So in the people's minds, you would have this idea that these guys, the religious leaders, are the hirelings. And some of them are even thieves. And when Jesus said that he's the good shepherd, in effect, he's making a claim that he's God. The religious leaders would catch it, and some of the people wouldn't, which is why John says they didn't fully understand what he was saying. It's important to catch that. But we are the sheep. And what does that mean? You know, it's so interesting. When we think of sheep, it's not the same thing that the people of Israel would think. You need to understand that. Because... When we grew up hearing about and thinking about sheep, most of us, what do we think about? 
the nursery rhyme. Mary had a little lamb. Her fleece was white as snow. And everywhere that Mary went, the lamb was sure to go. You all know that, right? And you count sheep. And they're all nice and fluffy and pretty and cute and docile and sweet. And that's not sheep. The first time I really kind of came close to a sheep is when Meredith and I, we were on sabbatical in 2010, and we went to Australia and visited Steve Abbott, who was just here a few weeks ago. And he took us to this place, and I had an opportunity to shear a sheep. They're nasty. (laughs) They're not nice animals. In a lot of ways... You know, that wool that you think would be soft and fluffy, it's kind of coarse and it's kind of gross. And it's really, really interesting because, uh, you know, several years ago I did this sermon series and it was really, really helpful. And I think that actually motivated me to do the sermon series on Psalm 23. Some of you might remember that. And one of the books I used to focus on it was A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23 by Philip Keller. Great book. Great book. And not only does it help you understand Psalm 23, but it helps you understand more sheep and shepherds. And what you learn about sheep is that sheep in many ways are very helpless creatures that can get into trouble very easily. For example, they get dirty. And sometimes when it rains and it gets real muddy and they get muddy, sometimes that wool gets really heavy and then they fall into the mud, and then they can't get up in the mud. And then the wool gets really, you know, crusty and heavy, and then if they lay there long enough, their insides start turning around, and they'll die. They're not real bright either. And and a lot of times, they get diseases and they get insects, which is why in Psalm 23, you will read, anointing their head with oil. To protect them from the insects and the diseases. It's really a great book that really gives you some insight into us. But that's not really the focus of what Jesus is talking about. He kind of says that in passing. It's not what he's dwelling on. He's dwelling on his role. And why he's there. Especially in contrast to the false religious leaders, to the thieves, to the ones who would steal you away from the Lord, to Satan, who would draw you away, the world that would draw you away, anything that would tempt you away from the good shepherd. And Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. He cares for us. He protects us. He is meant to lead us. That's really the role of the Good Shepherd. And the scriptural images are wonderful images. Psalm 23 that we heard echoed in Ezekiel 34. Remember, the Psalms, particularly Psalm 23, written by David, who was a shepherd, wrote around a thousand. Ezekiel was probably written in Maybe 600s. So it was over 300 years later. He's reflecting on the same idea. 
that God wants to care for us. God wants to provide for us. God wants to lead us. And oftentimes we are our worst enemies. Now, there are thieves and there are bandits. But we're the ones who often go astray. We're the ones who listen to strangers. We're warned when we're children not to listen to strangers. We do it anyway. Out in the culture. How many times will you hear or read something, someone you don't know, saying, whoa, that sounds good. They have nothing to do with Scripture. Nothing to do with the Lord. We are so easily drawn away. And stray. And the Lord calls us. And he's the good shepherd that cares for us. And tries to reach us. And it's really, really interesting because there's another scripture that kind of alludes to it from 1 Corinthians. And it, it kind of points out how we are. Paul writing. He said, I fed you with milk. Again, this whole idea of the shepherd feeding that, that Jesus is the good shepherd, but he has people who kind of help. And Paul says, I fed you with milk because you were not ready for solid food. We're like little lambs. For as long as there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not of the flesh? See, the problem is, is that we lose sight of Christ and his provision. And we get jealous and we get quarrelsome. Why? Because we're attracted to the things of the world and the world itself. Because our eyes and hearts get drawn away from the Lord. And we lose sight of his call and his provision. And his desire for our lives. And we cease to allow him to be our shepherd. So then he puts it another way. Because it says people didn't understand. People didn't understand what he was trying to say. That you need to follow me. That I'm God. I'm his Messiah. I've come for you. So let me tell you another way. I'm the gate. In John 14, in the upper room, he would say to his apostles, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. The way, the gate. And he actually gives a couple of different images in this particular scripture. And one of the words he uses, because there's different words in different contexts as he unfolds this passage, is the gate at home or at the farm or, if you will, at church, the place where it's safe, where we feel like the Lord's protecting us and we've got support and we've got encouragement and we've got community and there's other sheep around and we're okay and everything's okay and we've got provision Really handy. He's basically saying, I'm the one that's there guarding that for you, providing this for you, the gatekeeper as well. But then sometimes we're in the wilderness where it's not quite as safe, where it's not quite as secure. And that's where there's the wolves. That's where Satan lives. That's where there's thieves trying to draw you away, the cacophony of voices out there.
And out in the wilderness, particularly at night, the shepherds would try to provide shelter for the sheep. And sometimes they would find caves. But sometimes they would set up this temporary shelter. They'd use rocks and they'd use brush and they'd use maybe small trees or twigs. And they'd set up this temporary shelter. And then the shepherd himself would lay down as the gate, as the door. And he would be the way in and out in case they needed water, in case they needed food. And so Jesus is saying, I'm that way for you. I'm that way so that you have that safety and protection. I'm the one that will take you in and out, coming and going for the provision that you need. I'm the one that's going to protect you from the thieves, if you really understand. And what do sheep often do? They go off and they go their own way and they stray and they get lost. And the shepherd brings them back. I love the image, the painting. There's classical ones. There's also more modern ones of the sheep around the shepherd's neck. How many of you have ever seen that? A lot of you? Yeah. It's a great picture. And, and my understanding, the story behind that is that sheep often strays. And that the shepherd breaks the leg of the sheep so that it learns to stay close. So that it learns that it's the shepherd that's going to be the one to protect it. That it learns the shepherd's voice. And that's the other thing that Jesus says here. I know my own and my own know me. And I call them by name. He knows your name. He calls you by name. How often in the world, when people refer to God, the big guy upstairs, or I think there's a God, or I hope there's a God, or I hope I'm good enough, all these lines that imply impersonality, about God, or maybe a relationship with God. And that is not what Jesus is talking about. Jesus is talking about a personal God who cares for us individually as well as community, who provides for our needs, who knows us by name and calls us by name. That's the picture of God that Jesus is painting. And then anyone who's ever had a struggle or a problem, it's as if Jesus has broken us and put us around his neck, which he did for me. That's the God who wants us to know, not to wonder, not to question, to know. Because he calls us by name. You know, we live in a day of so much social media. Where people are out there, allegedly. And everybody wants to know what's going on with different people. But the reality is, even given all that social media that's out there, 
You know what I read over and over again in magazines and articles? Christianity Today, The Economist, is that isolation and loneliness and depression and suicide are at epidemic levels. Why? Because people don't know and have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And trust Him. They don't know real community. And personal relationships with other people. God doesn't want us living vicariously. Or removed. Or portraying images of ourselves. He wants a real relationship with Himself. And real relationships for us with each other. That's what he wants. That's being his sheep, the church. Not pretending. Not kind of like, yeah, I hear the shepherd's voices. We're wandering off. He wants us to know Him, to know each other, because He calls us by name. You know, when I started volunteering in youth ministry in 1975, we would have weekly meetings of training for Young Life, which is the youth ministry I was volunteering with. And I'll never forget one of the early meetings They said to us, we want to tell you one of the most important things you need to know for your ministry with kids. And I'm thinking they're going to tell me something really profound about God or Jesus or the Holy Spirit, right? So I'm all tuned in. And they said, knowing the name of the kids. Yeah, and? Knowing the name of the kids. Because the sweetest thing to anyone is their name. I never forgot that. I've tried to do that in my life and ministry. As I've gotten older, it's gotten much more difficult. But I try to do that. And he knows us by name. And he's the Lord of the universe. And he's calling your name. You have the choice. See, he wants us to listen for his voice. And to listen to his voice. That's why at the beginning of John's gospel. John writes, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. God is trying to communicate with us constantly. Because he wants this personal relationship.
So much so that Jesus is referred to as the word. He wants us to know what it means to follow him, which is why he gives us his word. We call the Bible. See, we have such a tendency to want to do it our way or do it the world's way so we can fit in and stray from him or allow the thieves to steal us away. When he calls us first to himself to go through the gate that he might be our savior. And then to follow him as the good shepherd. Why? Because he loves us. Because he knows you by name and he calls you by name. Going back to the Old Testament reading just for a minute in Isaiah 40. One of the last verses. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He cares for us. He will gather the lambs in his arms. That's why he stretched out his arms on the cross. Did you hear how many times he said in the reading for today that he lays down his life and he would say it again in the upper room that he would lay down his life for us just like the gate. That he lays down for us, he lays down his life for us. Dying on the cross in our place for our sin. So that he could carry us in those arms and that he would have us in his bosom so that we might have, as he said, life abundantly and eternally, not death, not struggle. That's what the world offers. But abundant and eternal life in him. As part of his sheep, his flock, that we are meant to share with each other in real relationships, not doubting, but confident because he knows us by name. Are you listening for his voice? Is he your savior? Are you listening to his voice? Because he wants to be your Lord, your shepherd, the good shepherd. And will you follow him? Let's pray. Lord, there are so many voices in the world calling our name false shepherds. People that would try to steal us from you and Satan and temptations. Lord, help us to hear you call us by name. That we would know you to be the gate our Savior, and the Good Shepherd, our Lord, and that we would seek to follow you every day. By the power of your Holy Spirit, keep us as your flock. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.